It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Why is it so cold in this room? I don't know. And Chad P. I want to write us an email. Why not? Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Do it. Underwritten by Home Theater, etc. Class is in. Hey, Sunday afternoon, whether you like it or not, once a week it happens. My name is Joe Burns. This is Rock School. Welcome to KSLU. I am a professor in the communication department, Southeastern Louisiana University. What's your name? Chad P. Chad P. is finally back to my right. We're back in our normal studio. It's and, not uh, freezing. It's cool. Things, things are just better. Nice They're normal just, temperature. This is the way it should be. <laughs> this is the way it should be. Hey, when you talk to people about outdoor festival concerts in the 60s, the whole world immediately goes, Woodstock! Woodstock! Woodstock. Yeah, Woodstock! And and, 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 and all these people played at Woodstock, and, Mm -hmm. and babies were born, and all that. Woodstock was not the first outdoor festival. As a matter of fact, it wasn't even close to being the first outdoor festival. Mm -hmm. The first outdoor festival did not take place in New York. Where was it? It took place in Monterey, California. Hey, I know what this is. What is this one? The Monterey Pop Festival. That's right. It's actually the Monterey International Pop Festival, if you really want to be picky. But yeah, the Pop Festival... Everybody seems to know this for two things. Number one... I know one. What's that? Jimi Hendrix burned his guitar on stage. Right. He was playing Wild Thing, dropped it, poured uh, lighter fluid on it, and Mm -hmm. up it went. What's the other one? Also, Janis Joplin singing with Big Brother and the Holding Company Mm -hmm. for the first time, and really just... I mean, blowing the back walls down. Hey, that's the one where they got video footage of Mama Cass Elliot mouthing. Right. Wow. Wow. And you know where I learned that? that? You know where I learned it? This show. Rock school. See? (laughs) Right out of my own brain. Yep. We're going to take an hour because uh, the man who runs this radio station, we'll call him um, Todd. That Todd's Todd, yeah. yeah. He was nice enough to buy me the Monterey International Pop Festival box set. Nice. So I have it here in my hand, and it's it's 1960s, really neat, uh, lots of colors, and it has the pan flute, the little guy pan with the horns on yeah, his head. Yeah, If you go on eBay and look at the uh, the Monterey Pop Festival posters, uh-huh. you can find the original poster, and uh, you can know it's original if it's got that little guy on there. All right. There's a lot of remakes, but that's the what you're looking for, that little guy playing the pan cool, flute. Cool. So where did this idea come from? Jazz. The Monterey Pop Festival took place in 1967, June of 1967 to be exact. Before the pop festival occurred, there was the Monterey Jazz Festival. Okay. And people would go to the Jazz Festival, and it was kind of running its course. And a few people, including some members of the Mamas and the Papas, Mm -hmm. John Phillips and Michelle Phillips, decided that pop music had become an art form that was pretty much equal to jazz. Okay. And it should have its own Festival, Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Rather than saying to the artists, hey, we'll, we'll charge you this much, or we'll, we'll pay you this much money, you come out and play, John Phillips, Michelle Phillips, Lou Adler, who was a record publicist, and another guy named Derek Taylor, decided to put together what was basically a benefit concert. Okay. Everybody played for, hear me now, 
free. <laughs> you know it was back <laughs> in the day then. <laughs> the Who, Jimi Hendrix, the Mamas and the Papas, the Association, Jefferson Airplane, they played for free. Only one person required money. Who? Ravi Shankar. Who? We'll play a little bit of Ravi Shankar, but before I tell you the whole story of the Monterey Pop Festival, let's listen to a little bit of the music. If you were there, this is what you heard to start it. This is the association. Along comes Mary, the Monterey International Pop Festival for an hour right here, Rock School. To open up the uh, first Monterey International Pop Festival, we'd like to give you the association. There you go. I was going to cut off a little quick yeah, because sure the is. album is the <laughs> album's cut together real uh, real close like that. Right. So on uh, on June sixteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth, two hundred thousand people attended. Good night. It is believed at Woodstock that there was close to a million people, but mm-hmm. for this one, two hundred thousand people attended. It was seen as the beginning of the hippie movement uh-huh. because basically. When when you were in California at this point in time, there were two kinds of music, Los Angeles rock, the uh-huh. Frank Zappa type stuff, right. and San Francisco rock. And San Francisco rock was seen as like a little less than. In fact, Zappa was very open for the fact that he thought San Francisco just put out bad music. It was more mellow, in other words? It was words? more mellow. Okay. Just to let you know how <clears throat> mellow it is, 200,000 people. Three days. Yeah. How much to get in? A buck. Are you serious? A dollar to get in. How many deaths? Zero. Arrests? Zero. How time Deal arrests? Zero. Wow. As a matter of fact, the Monterey deputy chief of police was quoted as saying, we've had more trouble at PTA conventions <laughs> than we had <laughs> at this thing. Mm-hmm. It became what Woodstock was all about. And the band that we're going to play next played here and played at Woodstock. Everybody knows Jimi Hendrix really took off from here. Everybody yeah. knows Janis Joplin really took off from here. Yeah. But everybody didn't know that there was one more group, a British group, that knew Hendrix was coming and said, we got to play before Jimi Hendrix because we're not going on after him. Uh-huh. So they made sure they were out before Jimi Hendrix. Let me see which day they actually were on. Yeah, they played on the last day, Sunday, June 18th. They were uh, two groups before Jimi Hendrix. And it was here at the Monterey Pop Festival that this group got their first American record deal. Are you killing me? Who is this? This is The Who in my generation. The Monterey International Pop Festival right here on Rock School. said no arrest, huh? Can you believe that? No, I actually that, can't. You know, that, after hearing something like that, it makes you just want to, ah, I want to break something. Ah. And, the, and the thing about it is that that group, 
that you just heard yeah. didn't want to go on after Jimi Hendrix. No, no. Yep. I, yeah. And they got signed. In fact, a lot of people got signed. You mentioned earlier on in the show, uh, I think first break, you said this was the pop festival where Janis Joplin played with Big Brother and the Holding Company. Yeah. And that the the the... The film, the, the the man who was making a film of the mm-hmm. concert, which is available now on DVD, you can get an edited version and the whole puppy, which goes on for like 10 hours because it was it on, a three-day festival. I saw it on VH1. Oh, you did? Yeah, I saw well, the documentary they had on it on VH1 and saw the piece of video footage right. that you said. When she was singing, they, they panned to a shot of Mama Cass Elliot of the right. Mamas and the Papas, and she mouthed, Wow. That's right. The Who, Joplin, Hendrix, and another group called Electric Flag, uh-huh. uh, really short-lived, they were all signed because, you remember, the the reason this was put together was because it was believed now that pop music had ra- risen to a level of jazz. Mm-hmm. It was something that that could be seen as a legitimate style of music. Yeah. So this place was just alive with record reps. I mean, there was a show going on on stage, but under the stage and at the bars around the back of the stage, deals there was a lot made. of deals <laughs> going on. I was going to play Down on Me mm-hmm. by Janis Joplin, but uh, at the last second here, changed my mind because you said that about um, uh, Mama Cass yeah. Elliot saying, wow, you want to hear the song that yeah. was actually playing and yeah. what she sang. This is what actually made Mama Cass Elliot go, wow. This is, Janis Joplin's name wasn't out in front yet. They were just simply called Big Brother and the Holding Company. Mm-hmm. It's a little long and it's a whole lot of guitar twanging, but listen to this woman just melt down on stage. Janis Joplin, Big Brother and the Holding Company, the Monterey International Pop Festival, Rock School. Chad, one, two, three. Wow. And rightfully so. Yeah, Janis Joplin, there you are. She got signed right there at the uh, International Monterey Pop Festival. Now, I said earlier that only one of the acts was paid. This this yeah, what, was... I can't even pronounce his name. What Ra- is oh, I can pronounce it. Ravi, I can't. It's either Ravi Shankar mm-hmm. or Ravi Shankar. So you have to put the emphasis on the right syllable, apparently. Uh, they gave him three grand. Man, I'd have said, dude, I got the who, I got no. Janis Joplin, then I got the see, Mamas and the Papas. But they weren't the who then. But still. It wasn't Janis Joplin then. They had to have some type of recognition to get invited in, to play the festival. In that little area, sure. But when you look at some of the people that were there, let me tell you some of the other people that were there. The Poppers, ever heard of them? Mm-mm. Beverly. Ever heard of him? Who? Yeah, Beverly. Country Joe and the Fish. Now, you might have heard about him. He was at Woodstock. Yeah. Al Cooper? No. Huh? He was with Blunt, Sweat, and Tears. Uh, Quicksilver Messenger Service. Uh, no. Moby Grape. 
Moby Grape. Moby Grape. Laura Nitro. Uh, but I see Otis Redding on there, so that's what I'm that's talking true. about. You that's know? true. I want to play Otis Redding, but first, I, w- I want to play just a touch. Of, I mean, you're running the, the CDs over there. No, let, Let's me play about the, let me hear the guy that wanted to get paid. Thir- I want to hear how good he is. <laughs> it's it's cut number six. It's Ravi Shankar. Do you have it? Yeah, I got okay, it. Okay, we'll play about 30 seconds. This is Ravi Shankar goes on stage, sits on a giant pillow, and plays <clears throat> a sitar like Eddie Van Halen plays a guitar. About 30 seconds, 45 seconds, let it roll. Go ahead. Go ahead. That goes on for seven minutes. Can I stop now? That goes on for seven minutes. $3,000? Yeah, $3,000 for this. Now, Speech, you got to understand, I mean, this guy was sort of a, you know, a transcendental guru at the time. He was really something else. He was the, like, the guy of the, you know, the guy of the moment. Yeah, he's you something. Were, you were looking down the uh, the set list, and you mentioned that Otis Redding was there. Yeah, man, I'm See, a big Otis Redding fan. The thing about it is, Otis Redding, most people only know him from sitting on the dock of the Bay, which is right, which is a really sad thing because he died in an airplane crash, and sitting on the dock of the bay was a posthumous number one. It came out after Uh, after he died in this plane crash. He can't get no satisfaction. uh, Yeah. Oh, he does wonderful stuff. And at the Monterey Pop Festival, it was one of these things where he was kind of an R and B artist. Mm -hmm. You you notice a lot of these are psychedelics and uh, hard rock, and this guy was an R and B artist. Mm -hmm. Kind of shake your head. In fact, if you if you read the liner notes, it says in there when Otis Redding showed up, they thought, well, is this R and B horn based you know band going to work? Is it going to fit in nicely? Well, anything works when you literally just about blow the stage over when you hit it. So let's play one from the man. He's being backed up by of all people Booker T and the MGs. Yeah. Now that's a backup band. Otis Redding, the International Monterey Pop Festival Rock School. It's been a real groovy day and a great evening and here let's bring on with a big hand Mr. Otis Redding. What an absolute yeah. voice. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So much. <laughs> he died only about six months after that. And what, yeah. oh man, what a loss. Yeah, Booker Cause... T and the MGs who backed him up. Do you remember Booker T and the MGs one hit instrumental? Vaguely. Um... Green Onion. Green Onion. Yeah, it's called Green Onion. Look All it up. Right. Oh, it's a real good tune. It's a real good tune. They were the Stax Records. Uh, S-A-T-S-T-A-X, Stax Records. I mm-hmm. think it was out of Chicago. Don't hold me to that. It might be out of a, a, a suburb of Chicago. But mm-hmm. I think it was out of Chicago, and it was uh, um, sort of an R&B uh, uh, 
record company that had a lot of people like uh, you know uh, uh, Percy Sledge and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But they were the house band for Stax Records. I believe we're at half past. We are. Don't we, we are. have a sponsor? We do. We do. Before we uh, jump into that, just uh, oh dear, uh, coming off of Otis Redding, just yes. a little uh, friendly advice from Chad P. Out to any of the single fellas out there, <laughs> if you want to impress your significant other, I knew Chad before he was married, <laughs> so you can take this with a real grain of salt. Oh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Get yourself These Arms of Mine by Otis Redding, and you yeah. are there. You married so far out of your league, I gotta tell you. Whatever. She is wonderful. She really she is. is. Honest to goodness, I'm surprised you could afford a ticket to a game <laughs> in a stadium in her league, and for some reason she married you. And she'll love you for saying that. There you go. Our so wonderful sponsors, <laughs> Home Theater, etc. 985-340-7777. You know, I was there two days ago, and I actually jotted down some notes because um, right now they're uh, featuring all of these big plasma screen TVs that Neato. they have. 50-inch, 55-inch, 62-inch, 72-inch. Okay, check this out. What uh, what what show was it on? They were recapping Sports Center. They were watching Sports Center and they were recapping the football games. Mm-hmm. I could see the blades of grass oh, on yeah. the field. The yeah. screen was so big. The football player's helmet was bigger than my head. Yeah, you know they're that. saying now that a lot of a lot of people who are into TV, yeah. uh, the news people and all that, hate HD TV. Why is that? Because you can hide on regular TV. You can hide certain skin flaws and oh, things not, like that with not mega. This. Not with HD TV. Tell you what. And they every, have them. Every dimple becomes a pimple. <laughs> they have them, man. Home <laughs> theater, etc. On the corner of Morris and Mooney, downtown Hammond. Proud sponsors of 90.9 FM, KSLU, and Rock School. They're good people. Mm-hmm. They are just simply good people. I want to see us. I want to write us an email. I want to go on the interweb. Well, stop whining and just <laughs> log on. KSLU Rock School at gmail.com. KSLU Rock School, one big word, at gmail.com. Or look us up on the web. Site, KSLU.org. There's a chalkboard that says Rock School. To the immediate right, you'll see pictures of the good doctor and myself, past episodes, what the show's about, all that, and much, much more. Hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. Yep. Okay. So uh, we have a stump, and if I'm not mistaken, it's about uh, the Boyds. It is about the Boyds. Yep. So, Roger uh, McGuinn. Got this. Roger uh, McGuinn's the guitarist. Yeah. Got the set list. David Crosby was in it. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to get it. No, no, no. Just trying to get it. Well, you're not even going in the right direction. Okay, here we go. As we've been discussing, a lot of bands got signed from their appearance at the Monterey Pop Festival. Birds did, yeah. The birds did. But there's actually an American jazz musician that made a recommendation to the record label, and he didn't even see the birds' performance. He just heard... He heard them. He heard their uh, demo, I guess, if you want to call it. He heard their music, and he recommended them to Columbia Records, and that recommendation was instrumental in getting the birds signed. Can you name this American jazz musician? I know that the guitar part for... The guitar part for Eight Miles High was based on a saxophone solo by okay. John Coltrane. Mm, it's not John Coltrane. But, but I didn't think it was John Coltrane. No. I was just bringing that up as a fact. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if you would have got it right, then that would have been your answer. What What instrument does the uh, the jazz musician play? Horns. Horns. <laughs> yeah, horns. So it could be a could. It's not a saxophone. Miles Davis. Miles Davis. Did it I get is. it? Yes. <laughs> Yes, you did. Hey, yay me! Yes, I actually missed did. it because I said John Coltrane first, but, you know, who's to say? But you saved yourself well. I did, I did. So, Chad, you want to be a rock and roll star? 
Well, yeah. Then listen now to what I say. Just get an electric guitar and learn how to play. Here are the birds from the Monterey International Pop Festival on Rock School. decision. Yeah, we love you too. I've made yeah. my selection. When I invent time travel, yes. this will be the first thing, the first destination that I go back to. Oh, I'd love to have seen this concert because this was, I mean, this was, you know, college football. This is when everybody didn't even have much of a name. I yeah. mean, they, they were pros when most people heard of them. Jimi Hendrix, obviously most people of your generation, he was long since dead yeah. before you guys ever knew. This is pretty much brand spanking new. Now, why did some people come here and some people not come here? Well, some couldn't get here. Donovan wanted to play in the Monterey Pop Festival. But he couldn't get a work visa. (laughs) The Beach Boys wanted to play, but this was right around the time that uh, Brian Wilson was starting to go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Uh This is when he had, this is about the time he had a sandbox installed in his bedroom. Yeah. What? Uh, Captain Beefheart, uh, who went on to play with Frank Zappa, wanted to play here. The problem is his guitarist named Rye Cooter. Are you familiar with Rye Cooter? No. No, there's a Ralph Macchio movie, and I can't think of what the name of it is, where he he plays a kid that loves Robert Johnson. I think it's called Crossroads. Oh, there's a... And all the Ralph goals, Macchio played in something other than Karate Kid. Believe it or don't, I uh, don't. and my cousin Vinny. But all <laughs> the slide guitar work is done by Ry Cooter. That's about the only reference I can come up with that that you might have even known. Okay. Why was Jimi Hendrix? Here, Why was he invited? And the reason I ask that is because Hendrix didn't make his name in the United States first. He made it in Europe. Okay. He went over to Europe, made his name, and then came back after he was somewhat of a star there. Mm -hmm. There were two groups of people on the festival board. The Beatles, specifically Paul McCartney, Mm -hmm. and the Beach Boys, the ones who are actually talking to one another. Paul McCartney basically stated, if you're going to have this festival, there's this guy... His name is Jimi Hendrix, and he plays like no other human being I've ever seen. So it was Paul McCartney who brought Jimi Hendrix to the International Pop Festival. Thank you, now, Sir Paul. I was, you know, was going to play Wild Thing where he lights his guitar on fire, and then it occurred to me, this is radio, so <laughs> lighting the guitar on yeah. fire won't sound any different. <laughs> so I'm going to play one for you. It's a remake, and I think it's a real good remake from him. This is uh, Jimi Hendrix, Like a Rolling Stone, from the Monterey International Pop Festival, Rock School. All right now, I want to dedicate this song to everybody here with hearts, any kind of hearts and ears. Go Just the simple sound yeah. of the guy. It is my, it is my belief that there have only been three true guitar innovators 
since the electric came around. Right. Les Paul, yeah. Jimi Hendrix, and Eddie Van Halen. Everybody else is simply doing it faster or a little cleaner or what uh-huh. have you. But it, three people that literally have taken the instrument and gone somewhere else with it. Oh, Les yeah. Paul electrified it. Jimi Hendrix told us that you didn't have to play in certain keys and there was no such thing as a wrong note, no mm-hmm. matter what tone he hit. Even if it was, in terms of music theory, wrong, right. he would bend it, stretch it, yell at it, curse at it, and he would wrestle it into place. Right. And, it, and it gave that falling down a flight of steps and landing on, on your, your feet, feet yeah. feel. yeah. And yeah. then Van Halen with all the two-handed stuff. Now so. that song that we yep. just heard, that was, obvi- that was obviously played before the song that he burned the guitar. Oh, sure. In fact, I'm guessing that was his last song, the song where he burnt the guitar. <laughs> where he burnt the guitar, yeah. And I think I've already told you on the show, the guitar that was burnt... Oh, uh, I know where you're going. Hold yeah, on. I know, go ahead, I know say it. Go ahead. Frank Zappa was That's given right. the remnants of it, and he actually had it reconstructed. That's right. Uh, yeah, and played it on stage. It was How one of his favorite stage things. How do you reconstruct things. a burnt guitar? Oh, I'm sure he just had the, the sections chiseled out and the electronics replaced and, and such, and it's, you know, it might be, you know, this is Abe Lincoln's axe. Is it really? Yeah, it's a third head and fourth handle, but it's still Abe Lincoln's it's axe, Lincoln's you know, axe. that kind of thing. There's one more first in, in this, 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 the whole world, again, when you think outdoor festival, they go, oh, Woodstock was first, not even close by two years. It was mm-hmm. this Monterey Pop Festival. There's this guy named Abe Jacobs. If you get into audio engineering, Abe Jacobs' name is going to come up again and again and again. He's invented all these different methods of amplica- amplification and such. And he designed for the Monterey Pop Festival basically festival sound. Okay. You see, when a band would come and play, think the Beatles coming to play at Shea Stadium or the Beatles coming to play at Candlestick. Right. They set it up like a bar band. I mean, they were on stage and they had the guitar amplifier next to them and and off they played. If you look at some of the video of them playing in New York, there's one scene where the girls are screaming so loud that John Lennon just balls up his fist and hits the piano like he's some kind of caveman (laughs) because no one can hear him. Right. What this this guy, uh, Jacobs, did was figured out a method of getting the amps off of the stage mm-hmm. and getting them stacked on the right-hand side and also across the top. Mm-hmm. So the entire sound of the band didn't emanate from the band, but it emanated from this wall of speakers right. around the band. Right. So instead of having individual elements, you now had this single public address system sound mm-hmm. that could be brought up and down right. as a single element. Well, you have to know like how sound travels. That's like sure. uh, you know the station engineer over here, Steve, whenever we go out and we do a, a, a gig where we're uh, playing music, he's adamant, use the tripods that the speakers come with. Don't set them on the table because right. the higher you put them, the the far further out the yeah. sound will reach. The sound will have a better throw. Exactly. And that was all done by Abe Jacobs and for Woodstock, this method that Abe Jacobs came up with mm-hmm. almost copied note for note, and it came from this. I'm going to tell you about one more group that came from across the pond that did very well here. Why? Because the Beatles and the Stones didn't show up. Okay. These are them at the Monterey International Pop Festival. Who dat? Who dat? Eric Burden and the animals here uh, in the warm San Franciscan sun. It's nice, nice to be here in Monterey. This following program is dedicated to the people and the city of San Francisco who may not know it, but they are beautiful and so is their city. This is a very personal song, so if you cannot understand it,
You know, you could tell that was live, couldn't you? I could. No offense. Yeah. No offense to the band. I really did dig the song, but uh, yeah. the the animals, uh, <laughs> yeah, not very animalistic. Well, when and I then, hear the animals, I'm like, here we're we're gonna rock, yeah, sixty well, style. We're gonna rock, and we're. <laughs> and there's also Eric Burden about this close to the microphone. <laughs> yeah, he was he was just a little tight to the microphone there. Uh, why was this concert so cheap? Why did this concert occur? Why did this concert, the Monterey International Pop Festival, only uh, pay for lodging for these bands to get there? Why? Well. It was a benefit. It was used Who to raise money. There's a brand new foundation created. There was a brand new foundation created called the Monterey Pop Foundation that to this day, every record, every DVD, every everything that has any profit to this Monterey Pop Festival mm-hmm. goes to this foundation. Ah. It's number one uh, devotee, the, the the group that gets the most money out of it, yeah. the Hate Ashbury Free medical clinic okay so when i took the money and and where when todd took the money and bought this dvd or Mm -hmm. this uh, cd right here a little bit of money went to the uh, hate ashbury free medical clinic so there you go let's play one more the uh the big thing was that san francisco was now able to be seen equal to jazz the san francisco pop music scene and absolutely no group is better associated well maybe the grateful dead are Okay, there's one group that's more associated than this group. This is the Jefferson Airplane. They opened up, I think, day two. Am I right about that? You bet, day two. Here you go, Grace Slick. Uh, And we've got somebody to love. This is the uh, Monterey International Pop Festival on Rock School. I'd like to uh, introduce a perfect example of uh, what the world's coming to. It's uh, Jefferson Airplanes in France. Monterey International Pop Festival. I'll tell you what, man, You're welcome. I have enjoyed. I have enjoyed this show. I got to tell you, it's uh, to to a lot of kids your age and a lot of the students that are here. This is music that never existed. This is music that never was around, and all a lot of the stuff that they know today came from right. this. And see, I'm a, I'm a big fan of of the fact that you have to know where you're where you've been before sure. you know where you're going. So I, I'm always intrigued by hearing uh you know this is my favorite group. Who inspired them? Well, it was this, this person. person. This person. At, at, this, person, at yeah. this festival and everything, so I love this. Speaking of where you've been and such, uh, two guys showed up at the Monterey Pop Festival and set up a booth to show off a new piece of equipment. What was Paul that? Beaver and Bernie Krause. Recognize the names? Beaver and Krause, yeah. That's the, um, uh, yeah, I they, won't get it, but they I They created I a synthesizer names. called the Moog. Mm-hmm. So the very first time the Moog synthesizer was brought out was here mm-hmm. at the Monterey Pop Festival. Nice. I think we're done. We've done a nice run. We heard the Who, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, the Association. Otis Redding. All of these fantastic groups that were at the first Monterey International Pop Festival. And if anybody says to you, well, the first big festival was Woodstock, you N- look them eh. dead in the face and say, I listen to Rock School. It is not. We're That's gonna, right. We're going to finish with one of these bands that nobody has heard of because they basically just broke up and went away 
away afterwards, but it's good stuff. We're going to play The Electric Flag. Mm-hmm. This is their group uh, song called Wine. I think we're done. Are we done? We're done. What's who's, my name? Your name's Joe Burns. You're Chad P. Who's our sponsor? Home Theater, etc. We're done, folks. Thanks for listening. Class is dismissed. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. <laughs> Down in New Orleans where everything's fine All them people just buying that wine Drinking wine is their delight And when they get drunk they start fighting all night Knocking down windows, breaking down doors Drinking half gallons and coming for more And you got a nickel